folks, Jeff Salzman here, and welcome to The Daily Evolver. Today, I want to, you know, again, think out loud a bit about a topic that is arising in the culture, in terms of the evolution of the culture. This is what's up. And it's very confusing and very upsetting and very inspiring to, depending on who you're talking to. And the, the, what, what I'm talking about is this phenomena of wokeness or woke culture that is arising out of green postmodernism. I get a lot of questions about it, and um, I talk to friends about it. And I got an interesting letter from a friend of mine who is an integralist through and through, who is actually for Trump. And I value him very much because he makes the argument for Trump that I can't even consider as a good, bolder liberal. I'm not that integral. So he wrote to me and he said, as I was reading a few pieces from media sources that are more from center to right, such as National Review, Wall Street Journal, et cetera, Fox News, I was again noting what they identify as the lack of coverage by the mainstream media, meaning everybody else, basically, uh, MSNBC, um, uh, CNN, and most of the networks, mainstream media, a lack of coverage by the mainstream media regarding what is going on in American cities. I can go into certain sites and see mountains of video and image evidence of some pretty bad stuff continuing to go on there. When I switch to an MSM mainstream media channel of whatever persuasion, There's no coverage of the rolling craziness. I'll just attach a couple of links that get at this, and I'll play one in a second. He says, denial seems to approach Orwellian proportions at this point. What I'm interested in, if there's a will for exploration, is to learn more from you about what you understand and appreciate about how the mainstream media is not covering all of this. He ends with, I want to better understand what the upside of woke is. So I'm going to try to respond here. And I'm going to deal more with the second question first, the upside of woke. Uh, And then we'll take a look at what's going on with the mainstream media, because I agree with my friend that it is really astonishing. And yet, we try to put it in some integral perspective, and I'll die trying here. All right, so answering the, the, the first question, the upside of woke, as I said, woke is emergent out of post-modernity. It's actually the logical uh, effect, the philosophical or operational effect uh, of green. It's, it's green operationalized. And I'll explain that in, in a second. But before I do, let me just say that using basic integral theory, this green stage of development, what we call the sensitive self that comes online after modernity, which is the rational self, and before that, traditionalism, which is the mythic self, 
and before that, various kinds of magic and tribal stages. Uh, but in this new stage of the sensitive self, well, we want to make room for all of it. Not that there is a justification for the parts of it, as there are with every new stage of development, that are totalitarian and truly dangerous. And in some cases, especially in the earlier stages, murderous. Green is a little more pacified, but nevertheless, this aspect, there's aspects of it that can, can be quite dangerous. And when I think about how to think about all of this integrally, I come to a teaching that I learned when I was studying Buddhism at Naropa University. And they talked about that in every religion, certainly in Buddhism, there is an outer teaching, an inner teaching, and a secret teaching. And the outer teaching is, you know, in Buddhism, it's the Four Noble Truths, it's how things work, it's the teachings, it's the stories, they're seen as true, it's the catechisms, if you will, of the religion, what's written down. The inner teaching is the felt experience of that. And from an integral perspective, we might say it's the subtle body awareness of this teaching as opposed to the physical body or sort of the physical teachings and then the subtle teachings, the energetic teachings, the inner teachings. And then with the secret teachings, it's, in a sense, it engages the causal body or the spiritual body. Because in the secret teachings, you have entered a new world. The old you has been shed like a skin. And you are, you know, in Christianity, you're born again. But it's, there's, it, you're born again at every one of these stages. And from an evolutionary point of view, it's even cooler. Because we can see this growth as in, in, in terms of the, the, the world that you inhabit now, all of a sudden. is not just a new you, but it is the universe itself growing towards perfection. So you're not just creating a new you, you're creating a new world, a new piece of the cosmos. So it's really something. It's really important, and it's wonderful to see, and we like it at Integral. All right, so as, as an example, I think of another friend, actually a mutual friend, who was talking to us about his experience of becoming a Christian. And he's a modern, sophisticated American guy and well-educated. And, and so Christianity came to him late in terms of its authenticity, in, in terms of its secret teaching. And he talked about being hanging around with a lot of Christians and his community was full of Christians and his family and so forth. And he said, I finally got to the point where I could be with them without pretending. I could actually see what they saw. I was lit up by what they were lit up by. And it allowed me to have a non-hypocritical relationship with them. And so this is an entree into that secret teaching. That's what I'm talking about here. 
So if we look at Christianity and you know, every religion of traditionalism has this outer, inner, and secret teaching, the outer teaching is the, some version of the Nicene Creed, where I believe that God is the Father and sent his Son to die for our sins and all of the sort of rules of the Bible. The inner teaching is what happens when you believe that and the passions and the inspiration that it unleashes and the feelings of love and louche and connection with other people who feel it. That's one of the really important things about evolution is we evolve in first person, that is what we are able to see, but also second person in terms of what we are able to relate with other people at and within and then these new worlds. So all of a sudden I'm with these people. I remember my own being born again as a kid and the feeling of deep connection with other people who felt the way I did. The secret teaching is, oh my God, in Christianity, literally. I realize that there is a almighty creator God who created me and created me special, an individual, and who sees me and loves me the way that a loving parent would, like a mother or father, beyond all measure. And that my world is, is with him or her, or him generally in Christianity. That's the outer teaching. But the inner teaching is it's mother, it's father, it's, and this world is not my home. So this is experienced as a new, bigger world, as a, a, a new there there. So talking to my friends who weren't Christians, who hadn't been born again, and trying to explain it to them and why they should be this way too, was futile. Just as it was a few years later when I had lost my religion, and I would talk to my religious friends about how believing in God is kind of stupid. And that got nowhere too. And so here we are. This illuminates the radical nature of these new worldviews that come online, including our new, green, woke, sensitive self, which leads us to the first principle of using this understanding in the culture war. And that is that people are more forgiving of the zealots on their team, in their world, than they are of the zealots of the other team. And every team has zealots. Every team has people who they get lit up, but they, you know, the red comes online. It's, it's like, you know, I, I must overcome everybody who doesn't think the way I do. And, you know, welcome to human history. And, you know, the downside of the zealots of, of, of traditionalism is that, you know, they burn witches and have holy wars, you know. And what can you say? What, what can you say when you talk about woke? And, and woke are in some ways the zealots of green. Um, is there anything good about people who are violent? No. That's a bright line that at Integral we uh, uh, recognize. So there's really nothing good to say about that, just as there's nothing good to say about zealotry of, um, of traditionalism and zealotry 
zealotry of modernity, uh, just where the ego is run rampant over the environment, for instance. And, you know, I won't get into that, but the, the pernicious downsides of modernity is they don't burn, which is they burn the planet. You know, we do, by the way, it's not them. So again, we see the zealots of the other team and it's like, oh, these are the worst, that's what dangerous. You know, even people with the inner teachings, just passions that are weird and, and, and what are they talking about? And we focus our energies on what they get wrong, how they don't practice what they preach, you know, how they're, 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 they're all caught up in their ideology about how many angels you can get on the head of a pin or how microaggressions work in the matrix of karma through history. And, you know, welcome to development. Welcome to one stage growing out of the other. And so we can spend all our time looking at their hypocrisy and the failure of how they're not living up to their own teachings and how their passions are dangerous. And to do that is to miss the beautiful thing that they bring to the party. You know, that we are created by a loving, creative force, a person, I don't know that we can become rational and understand the world on its own terms, observable. We can, you know, be the masters of our own life. I mean, these are huge developments. And so green has its new world too. It has its new secret teaching that to not see it is to miss the point. Now, most people, including the person who wrote me the letter, is plenty green. Most people at Integral are plenty green. In fact, the truth is most people in the culture, at least two-thirds of them, or I don't know how many, but a lot of people are adequately green in the sense that they are, you know, world-centric. But you don't want to just be world-centric in terms of the, the modern world centricity, which you know, reduces the world to supply lines. Uh, but you want that the postmodern uh, world-centric view, which is multiculturalism, which wants to appreciate the precious individuality of every culture, actually every person, but particularly every culture. And this is the sensitive self. And there's no end to the sensitivity that we can develop at the central, at the, at, the, um, at the sensitive self, just as there's no limit on how rational we can be or how much we can understand the world in our modern self. That continues to grow. We grow horizontally. We grow horizontally at traditional too. We want to reappreciate the great myths and stories and that stories are actually more important than truth, you know, or accuracy at least. So that's what comes online here is this new realization of, in some ways, the horrors of history. You know, Green wants to, and, and I always love, this is a teaching from Ken that I've always, it's a great back pocket teaching. That Green sees the, um, how, how the previous stages of development separate the world into red, warrior stage separates the world into predator and prey. 
And traditionalism, where we have the transcendent God, laws of the universe, of the world, separates the world between saints and sinners. Because even though they have a great sort of new moral dimension and a new bigger circle, Christianity, for instance, you know, bring on the heathens, bring on the non-Jews. It's an amazing widening of the circle. There's still people on the inside and people on the outside. There's God and there's the devil. And so we have saints, we have the people who follow our God, the right God, and we have the sinners who don't. So, you know, Green looks at that and says, boy, that's a lot of sinners. And so Green wants to bring them in and give them special dispensation, just as they do the people who were prey, the great underclass. You know, we talk about our underclass now. Everybody was the underclass in red, except for the, you know, warlords and the gangs who were running things or the empires. So predator and prey, saints and sinners, and then modernity separates the world into winners and losers. You know, people who can make it, people in the meritocracy who can make it, and people who can't. They're left behind. And so in humanity's long slug to the promised land, here we are. This is the stage we're at where in the developed world about, you know, maybe half people get that part of history and that that needs to be corrected. And 10 or 15% of it get, get it in an um, extreme way. You know, they become the warriors, the holy warriors of this new sensitivity that sees that, that the, again, the karmas of history, this moving matrix of cause and effect through history is still online, can still be felt, and I can feel into it, and I can see the burdens that different peoples and different individuals can see. Now, you know, green gets, you know, just like every other stage, it overdoes it, 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 it does it in a blunt way, it uh, still has people who are in and people who are out, even though they're multicultural at green, they still don't like anybody who's not green. So there are plenty of enemies at Green. But still, to critique that and just spend all your time critiquing that, as worthy of it is, as worthy as it is of critique, is to not do what Integral allows us to do, which is to, while we're, you know, defending ourselves against the nuts, we also are seeing the piece of the truth that they're being lit up by, that we didn't see before. You know, we want to be the ones who are not influencing, but being influenced. So I'm going to play a, a clip that he sent that is kind of challenging. This, this is an example of an extreme of woke culture. This is, I'm forgetting her name, uh, Atkins, I think. She's a... Uh, Black Lives Matter organizer in Chicago. She's out in the streets, and Chicago had a couple very bad nights recently. So here she is commenting on a looting spree that is going on in real time behind her uh, in some of Chicago's finest stores. People in this city are struggling through a pandemic, so I don't care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike, because that makes sure that that person eats. That makes sure that that person has clothes. 
All right, so there we have a, you know, this is, this is the, 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 the worst of woke uh, that justifies violence, basically, and justifies violence more to property than people. But still, it's a bright line that we don't want to cross or justify, or, and at integral, we don't have to. We can say that's just wrong. We, we, uh, we uh, reject that. But then we don't want to just leave it there. And we want to ask ourselves, just as a thought experiment, you know, just as part of integral practice, and that is, what's the truth that she is bringing to the party? And that very question stimulates our own growth in terms of sensitivity to people who have been left out. And an example I often use, because it comes from my own experience, is me being a gay kid in the Steel Valley in the 70s. So I realize I am at 12 or 13 or however old I was. And I realize that, okay, I can't ever tell anybody that. I can't ever act on it. And I'll live my life. I didn't spend a lot of time or any time um, uh, thinking about why that was wrong, that I couldn't do that. I assumed I was wrong, but I didn't really care because I liked it. But that was me. So then... I move into modernity. I want to get out. There is part of me that realizes my, my future lies in getting out of that traditional milieu where I can be more open, and I do. I move to Boulder, and I move to don't ask, don't tell. We didn't really have that formulation yet, but that's what it was. I mean, I could live freely. I lived with my partner. People knew us. We had our friends. I worked. We would go to the Christmas party and so forth, but I didn't talk about it much. You know, I didn't uh, shove it down people's throats, as uh, some, one of my friends once said, no, you, know, you know, even talking about it. My family didn't want to talk about it at all. And so that's that modern view. And then there's the postmodern view that I grew into, where it's a sensitivity that, wait a second, why have I been denied my sexuality, my, my, my life force in terms of how I love and who I love? And how is it that I could even tolerate that my, my childhood and my teenage years were stolen from me? And there was this period that I grew into where I almost, and I, I've lost it a couple times in my life, not often, two or three times, but this was close to being one of them, where I was in some movie theater and watching probably a you know, one of those wonderful Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan rom-coms. And I, the outrage of looking at another heterosexual love scene was just too much for me to bear. And I wanted to stand on the arms of the chair in the theater and shout, where's my story? And I remember that. I remember that moment. I didn't. I think I probably stayed and enjoyed the movie. But, you know, at this point, I can see it and not be it, hopefully. But that's what happens. And so that's a new sensitivity that I just see. It's, it's, it's not about being convinced. It's real. It's a, I'm a bigger, and I'm a bigger person for seeing it, actually. Um, so this is what happens. You know, you, you, women will tell you the story about how they, you know, they can't believe what they tolerated from men, women my age in the 60s, 70s, and then 80s, you know, more equality. But still, there's this new me-tooth realization that um, 
you know, that is actually brings on growth. And is it overdone? Yeah. I mean, I, I think of the Aziz Ansari story, Aziz Ansari, the comedian, and he's, you know, everybody loves Aziz. And he uh, got me too'd. And it was this woman who wrote about a date that she had with him. And he was a big star and she was nobody. And how he didn't really, you know, wasn't physical, but he just kept pestering her for sex through the evening. And finally, I think she gave in and then regretted it. Okay. So she writes this story. And, um, and so people pile on Aziz that he's a predator and all that good stuff. And, and then there's a backlash. So no, wait a second. He didn't do anything. He talked to her. He asked her. He, you know, but he just never let it go. And so it turns out that, that there's a, there was a learning there culturally in terms of, first of all, that there that it's a drag to be pestered for sex. And that, yes, in the outer teachings, it's not that, uh, you, know, it, you know, men can't rape women, men can't grab women, men can't force women. But then there's this other sort of inner part, this, this, this um, you know, attitude. And the, and the pestering <laughs> for sex is actually all the way down through the, you know, tree of life. Male insects pester female insects for sex. Fish, primates, it's, uh, and then, you know, women give in. The female gives in sometimes because she wants it to stop. And so there's this awakening, and Aziz himself talked about how, you know, what a drag it was, how, how unfair he, he, he felt, you know, that it, he was being criticized and canceled and piled on. And yet there was a realization that he had that, there's this sort of inner, it's the left-hand quadrant part. You know, it's beyond the laws and rules that we have to be aware of. This we space between people where there's all kinds of oppression going on that you want to call out. And now, I would say, I mean, the, the, the growth in the culture, when I look at the young people on Reddit, I'm such a voyeur, you know, I'm on Reddit watching, reading these boards of communities of particularly young people talking about their sex lives and, you know, the freedom that women have and the communication that young people are having around sex. And I can remember my own trajectory around it. You know, what's all the brouhaha about consent and the rape culture and ay, ay, ay. And it's like, what do we need a contract before we can have sex? And then, and, and in a way, yes. <laughs> but if you see how young people are doing it now, so many of them, it's lovely. It's lovely and it's hot because it allows you once you get these sort of inner teachings of feminism, if you will, the outer teaching being that women are people too, that's Gloria Steinem's great statement of, of feminism, that, you know, the inner teachings of, you know, these energies and keep the, get them under control. And then the secret teachings are, uh, are revealed. And that is that two people are kegs of dynamite with each other. You know, we're just talk about forces of nature with each other. We have our fears and we have our wants and desires and kinks and 
you know, what fun it is to actually together explore that. And there's a whole new world of sexual expression that comes online and are there, you know, dead bodies in the wake? Are there people who were hurt? Is it, were there fanatics? Are there fanatics? Are there zealots? Yes, but we want to get in touch with that real, this new world. And I think that's fun as an integral practitioner because we can do more than one thing at a time. We can 100% condemn violence and looting. And then we can turn and say, okay, she's got a moral defense for this that is based on principles of egalitarianism. And maybe we're ready at this stage to take another look at one of the sacred principles of modernity, the meritocracy and its downsides. The downsides of capitalism. There's tremendous upsides to both of those things. I mean, they released people from the grip of the king, you know. I mean, it created the modern world. The circle of moral compassion is enormously increased by modernity and capitalism. But, you know, <laughs> from an evolutionary perspective, it's like evolution says, great, so what have you done for me lately? And the beat goes on. And so there's an ever-deepening understanding of the people who have been left out and how that works. And there's a, one, there's a correction that wants to happen, and we see it. There's an extra effort in the culture at large to include people who have been left out. And a lot of that's just going to happen because we're awake to it. We're woke, actually, to it. And again, there's an ever-increasing wokeness that we can have around that. I experienced it the other night where a couple friends came back from a visit they had with their friends who are billionaires. And the guy had just gotten um, four new $200,000 cars, all painted in his signature color, and, um, and they talked about their house and the staff and the, you know, 20,000 square feet and, you know, the pinball machines and the indoor pool and the sidewalks that were melted by gas and, you know, all of that good stuff. And I have to say, there was a time in my life where I thought, it, I would have thought, wow, cool. And now there's a part of me that goes, oof, you know, it's just... There's something that's a little out of kilter. There's this, and, and again, this, there's this new world. It, 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 we oscillate as we develop through these stages. You know, we have this communal tribalism, and then red breaks out of that, and it's more individual and strong versus weak. And then we go back to the communitarian traditionalism, and we oscillate. And orange modernity is very individualistic, and there is going to be a green. Green, we don't know what that is exactly yet. But there's something that arises where, um, you know, I am my brother's keeper. And I didn't really, I don't really love that, honestly. I mean, I like being a free agent. It's worked very well for me. But, you know, I get my privilege. And the problem with getting your privilege is that if you realize you have privilege, you have to, you know, sort of set that right. 
And I don't really, I feel a little bit about that the way I do about eating animals. It's like, I don't want to know too much, you know, because then I'll have to do something. And, and also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much out of the game now, but I am encouraged by just the extra effort. And again, the mainstream media is leading the way in terms of this is, the, they've got the secret teaching here. And so they tell the story of the secret teaching. And so the New York Times, the New Yorker, the Atlantic, um, they're all woke as can be now. And uh, their pages are full of the stories that they really haven't been told. You know, is it overdone? Well, conservatives think so, and many modernists think so. But again, welcome to fighting it out. You know, welcome to being friendly to the arena itself. In evolution, we fight our way forward uh, in nature and in human culture. And we also love our way forward. And I always say the other F word, our way forward. We do both of those things. And, you know, paradise for people in these first tier memes, the, you know, traditionalism, modernism, even postmodernism. Their vision of paradise is when everybody thinks the way they do. You know, everybody accepts Jesus as their personal savior. Everybody's rational and gets rid of these myths and horrors of history. Everybody's postmodern and, you know, helps the people who have been left out. And at Integral, we want to see that there's, you know, all of those are true. And it's not that I don't have to disbelieve one to believe the other. You know, it's so great. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, you know, in terms of this um, wokeness, it's not just sensitivity to history. It's sensitivity to today. And, and yeah, a conservative will tell me that all things equal in all, most HR departments and corporations these days, the person of color is going to be chosen. Fair enough. I think that's true. Uh, so, you know, there's many ways in which this correction are happening, over-happening, whatever. Again, welcome to the arena. But there's still this, um, you know, permanent, it feels, and it's not, nothing's permanent, but, you know, that there is an underclass. There's individuals, we have a black middle class, there's a huge uh, development among African-Americans that I've talked about in other podcasts, and you can refer yourself to those if you're interested in that. But still, the network of the average black family is one-tenth of what it is for the average white family. Uh, health, um, education, all of these you know, markers that we rightly associate with development points out that there is a stubborn black underclass and there's a white underclass too, by the way. And this is where Integral really helps because, you know, it, it shows that development actually is more important than race uh, in terms of red people, people who really, they're not, they, they, they don't want to work in a system. You know, they, that's not where their hearts are. Those come in all colors and all races, and there's a stubborn underclass of white people as well. And with that said, there's still an extra added burden uh, that comes from the color of the skin. That's just a fact. And as we understand it, and as we let that secret teaching in, is there a new sense of how 
corporations need to work with this underclass, how the society itself does. And of course, conservatives, including many conservative African-Americans, will argue that, well, yes, the, the state of black America is a result of the maybe right-hearted but wrong-headed policies, you know, of the 60s, where there was welfare and these big housing projects built and uh, where there was an incentive for families to break up. And I don't rule that out at all. I actually think that that is a very important piece of the truth. I think as we go forward, we want to make sure we learn those lessons, say, but it has been 60 some years now since civil rights and voting rights legislation. And um, you'd think we'd be better off. And so this is this new realization where it's like me standing on the, the, the seats in the movie theater where I can't stand this. This is wrong. Just the, you know, outcomes, not the equality of opportunity. Fuck that. The equality of outcomes or what we see in front of us is intolerable now. I can't stand it anymore. You know, that's green. That's the, that's a subtle energy. That's the, the inner teachings of green. And, you know, I can feel that. I, I can feel that. I want to feel that. And I want to then act on it. Uh, and, um, you know, not keep my head in the sand. So that, we're seeing evolution in action here. You know, we're seeing a polarization of the media. I mean, again, I'm astonished. I'm with my friend here. I can't believe that you can watch MSNBC all day and not know anything about the, what's going on in Portland, the, what was going on in Seattle, what's going on now in Chicago. It's really something. Do I think it's the end of the world? No. Do I think it's Maybe, and I mean, it's hard to know how these things come online. It's like asking a 10-year-old, what's it going to be like to be 12? Well, they'll tell you what it's going to be like to be 12, but, you know, it's largely nonsense because it's a new world at 12. It's, they're a new person. They're bigger. So I don't know, um, you know, where the, the polarization of the media is going to go. And that's okay because it's creating a new, it's widening the field. And people eventually, you know, it's the great engine of evolution. I've said it many times. The great en engine of evolution is boredom. You get bored with it. I'm bored with it. I can't watch it anymore. I check in on it, but I'm more interested actually in watching the, um, the um, polarized, polarized version of the right on Fox News. At least I'm learning something that, you know, it's not my normal diet of liberal catechism. So that's happening on one end of the side of the street. And the other is that there's this enormous democratization. And this is the green media. This is green in third person. You know, this is the right hand, lower right hand quadrant of green. And that is social media. It's also relates to the others, the lower left and so forth. But everybody, it's not only mass media, like it was in orange, where there's, you know, corporations putting out media to the masses. It's everybody's got the microphone, everybody's got their own printing press, and everybody's online and talking. And, and yes, it's confusing. And yes, it's vexing. And yes, we seek out our tribes until we get bored with them. And is there new differentiations that we can see? Um, yes, we're seeing it in real time. Uh, we're, we're seeing the, you know, defund the police. And then even in the New York Times, covering very well um, the backlash against defund the police from the black community in New York, where that's like, no, we want the police. 
And this idea that the message of racial justice has been co-opted by anarchists and Marxists, which is also true. We've seen that happen, you know, and how the resentment for black people about that. And, and, and then how white people get splintered off. I, I think of a friend telling me uh, of a friend of hers who lives in Portland and is just a, you know, white girl, woke as can be, been well-educated into all of the whole postmodern woke culture and went to the demonstrations in Portland. And one night came back after hearing a black speaker talk about how I hate white people, that she wasn't so sure she was on board with all of this all of a sudden. And so there's all kinds of, you know, the process of evolution is that we differentiate things that were fused together. We didn't, you know, we thought it was just these demonstrations. Now we see these strands of these demonstrations and these different worldviews and these different groups of people. And so we continue to differentiate and then we integrate. After we get them all out there, then we can have a new integration. And we're having that. Um, I was gonna show, and I might as well, uh, since I'm on a roll here, this is um, the mayor of Chicago, a African-American lesbian woman. And this is what she has to say about the looting and rioting. What occurred in our downtown and surrounding communities was abject criminal behavior, pure and simple. And there cannot be any excuse for it. So we see that. We see the black police chief of Seattle resign because of funding cuts. We see all kinds of things. And their people are just getting hip to all of this. This is, you know, again, this is where as integralists, we can be, um, you know, friendly to the fight itself and try to usher in a new integral stage, both within ourselves, our relationships, and the culture at large. And the integral view sees evolution. It's, you know, just fundamental. And that in evolution, goodness, truth, and beauty are created, often by means of their opposites. It's just one of the mistakes God made, but we got to live with it. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys take care, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Daily Evolver.